Thank you, thank you so much. Aloha, aloha, my kako. No, noi kahau, oli o ko unaau ike yala. Mahalo Yesu no na me apau. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We have some pictures that we want to show you. But so, so the pictures, can you see them? So I just asked the pictures to just keep looping it so you're not stopping at any specific picture. So just keep looping it so you, you can have an idea of where we lived for so many years in our life in the people group we are talking about, okay? So, okay, so my name is Marcia. I'm from Brazil. And my name is Suzuki, also from Brazil. I'm a black Brazilian, he's a Japanese Brazilian. <laughs> and we have all colors in Brazil that you can imagine. <laughs> okay, so I came to Jesus as a small child. My family wasn't from a church, but somehow God spoke to me, and I, I had a chance to grow up knowing him. And when I was 11 years old, God called me to be a missionary. Okay, so my parents have no idea of what it was, but God just spoke to my heart and he said, he asked, what I felt is that he was asking me, would you obey me? Would you do whatever I ask you to do? And I was, but what is it, Lord? And he goes, no, I'm just, I'm asking first. <laughs> I just want to know if you would obey me, if you would do anything, if you go anywhere that I ask you to do. And then I said, yes, Lord. I said yes without knowing what it was, just because he put his love in my heart. And then since that time, God's been revealing more and more and brought me to YWAM when I was 17. And I've been living most of my life with the Indians in the Amazon. So it's been a wonderful life <laughs> of getting to know him, obeying him, and learning to live by faith every day. Okay? I, I'm a was a little bit late than her because I, I decided to go on mission after I finished college. <laughs> but it was a wonderful also like way or, or journey because uh, it's nothing that you expected. Like when I, when I came to uh, join a mission, I, my heart was for Japanese people. Because in Brazil, in my church, I was the only Japanese. I say, what happened here? My people need to hear about the, the gospel. And then that was my heart, to go uh, to be a missionary and work amongst Japanese people. And then I met my teacher. She was my teacher uh, in my school mission. And then... Uh, Everybody there talks about Indians, Indians, Indians. I said, no, I don't want to know about Indians. I, I want to go to Japan. I want to work with Japanese. And then finally God told me, no, you go there. And then I'm still waiting to go to Japan. I think I, I'm closer now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, and then uh, we, we, like, I think we, go, Lord taking us that place was a, uh, Really, really like a PhD in learn how to really like obey him and really like believe that he takes care of us. Yes, he took care of us and he's still taking care of us. And his way of taking care, 
are not, many times are not what we expect. <laughs> many times it's different, okay? So when I, you know, got my training, after I did my DTS with YWAM, I, God spoke to me that he wanted me to be a Bible translator. And he wanted me to go to places where people have never heard about the gospel and just live there and learn the language, learn the culture, so I could translate the Bible into that people group. So in order to do that, we ha I had to do a lot of training. So I did linguistic training, learning very technical you know, stuff about phonetics, phonology, grammar, anthropology, ethnography, all kind of things. You know? So I did part of my training in Brazil. I did part of my training, one-year training with Wycliffe in Australia. So it was a very, very uh, focused training. And to, to, to go to a people and do this kind of work. Suzuki, too, did his training in Brazil. We both did a master's degree in linguistics. And we, you know, we thought, sometimes you think when you do a lot of training, you are prepared. <laughs> okay? So now I know how to do it. And when we, when we really got there to live among these people, that's when we realized, wow, we don't know anything. <laughs> We don't know anything. We need God to guide us every, every day. Okay, so Suzuki has already uh, joined the team working with that tribe in 86. 86. I was, went to these people in 86. There was already two girls. Can you imagine? Two girls. They are the one that went first. And then they told, we need, a, that's why I get in, into this thing of Indians, because they told me, we need a man to join our team. We are only just two girls. And can you imagine two girls, like going to a place like that? It's far away. And then you need to take boat. That time was uh, months going by boat, and then days going by uh, walking. No, nothing there. No cell phone, no nothing. And then they just told me, we need a man. A very strong man. <laughs> a jungle man. No, I was not a jungle man. Can you imagine those things? Like, I was from the big city, like her. But then God was calling us to this, like, imagine I'm going to that place. And then I didn't know how to uh, manage uh canoe and an outside motor boat or something. It was crazy. I didn't know how to hunt. I, did, I, I never went to the tree and cut tree with an axe. I used some machete, yeah, but not cutting tree with an axe and everything. Yeah, I didn't know, yeah. And then, like, it's hard, you know, and how do you do those things? Like, all, the, all like I said, all the preparation that I had was for what? Learning stuff. Learning how to learn a language. Learn how to do things. And, and studying the Bible and everything because I need to prepare to preach the gospel to them. But then, I need to survive there. <laughs> yeah? It's crazy. Yes. And surviving there, it wasn't easy. So, Suzuki, as I said, Suzuki was already working there, and I was doing my training in Australia. And then we got, I got back to Brazil. We got married, and we went there. It was going to be my first trip, okay? 
my first trip to the tribe. So I had been prepared in my heart and my mind for years how it's going to be when I get there and I get to see these people for the first time and I give my heart to them and I will be there for years of my life. So because we thought we'll be there forever, you know, we made a commitment and we'll be living with them for the rest of our lives. So my heart was so much expectation to see them and to, you know, get to know these people. But to get there, it took a while. So it was one month by boat. Okay, one month by boat, just Amazon and trees and, you know, really far away into the jungle. Then we got to a small village of maybe two, three, four families in a riverbank. We overnight there, and then they took us in a smaller canoe up river, you know, and then from there we had to walk a few days hiking in the jungle to get to the place. Okay, so it was so far away, it was so isolated. If I changed my mind halfway, there was no way to go back. <laughs> <laughs> there was no way to call anyone. It was just trusting God and going to that place really far away. But I was so happy. You know, I had so much joy in my heart because finally I was getting, after so many years of preparation, I was getting to the people group where I would dedicate my life. Then we, we were walking in the jungle and Suzuki got lost because <laughs> it was... Uh, the, the trail had overgrown the vegetation, so it took much, many more days than what we had planned to actually get to the village. But when we were getting there, when we were getting closer, it was just thick forest, you know, thick forest. Little trails that I couldn't even see the trail, but he knew it was a trail, so I was following him with my little backpack because he told me you can carry only, you know, take only what you can carry because we'll be walking for days in the jungle. So don't take a lot of things. And I go, okay, so talking to the women here, if you have to go to a place to be there for months, and you can take only a small backpack, what would you put in your backpack? <laughs> well, that was my question all the time, so I really planned very well everything that was in my backpack was very important and I think I really couldn't live without it okay that's what I took and I was all covered because there's so many bugs in the jungle and you know I had long pants and long sleeves and I had a scarf to protect myself so you're walking and walking and finally Suzuki hears something he hears that in the middle of the jungle and he knew that was the Suruaha so they were, he heard them, and then he responded. And then they were communicating. It was them and Suzuki. So we are getting closer and closer and closer. And then finally, in the moment, I look around, and we were surrounded by them. You know, so they all painted red. All the face and the body painted red, and they looked so strong, and they were not wearing much, so that you can see they were, uh, they're not naked, okay? This is not naked. They, wear, they do wear something, but it's very small. <laughs> you almost don't see it. So they, they looked naked, and they were pointing the arrow right on my face, and they were, Suzuki, Huzamayone, they're all speaking so loud, you know, in their language. I couldn't understand one word, and Suzuki was talking to them, and... <laughs> and then that was, and then they were all excited, because they saw me, because I said, oh, I will bring my wife. 
And then when they get after one year, because we get married, and then after one year back, and then they were all excited. Wow, you come back. And then they were talking to me and then asking, it's my wife, it's my wife. And then they took me. And then I just went with them because they were excited. I was excited to live. And then I forgot my poor wife. <laughs> so Suzuki disappears, you know, in the jungle with the Indians. And the others stay with me, and I didn't know where they went. And then they come to me, they talk. I didn't understand what it was. So the first thing they took was my backpack. My backpack. They opened it, and they took everything, and they you know, distributed among them, and they disappeared with everything. And then some stayed, and then they come and took my clothes off. So they're taking everything, took all my clothes off, and then suddenly I was like this in the jungle. Lord, so everything, they took my husband, they took my backpack, they took my clothes. <laughs> then I was there in the middle of the jungle, I was, Lord, I was so scared. Suzuki wasn't scared. That's why he didn't care, because he knew them. He knew they were not going to do anything to me. They were just curious, you know. They're just having fun. So they took everything, and they disappeared, and I was alone in the middle of the jungle, just crouching at the jungle floor and asked, Lord, what do I do now? <laughs> then one lady walks to me, one of the sweet, sweetest lady in the tribe. It was the first Suruaha woman I saw. She came to me, and then she was talking to me, you know, in the language. I didn't understand, but she was touching my hair, and she was saying something. And then she was wearing two little skirts, just a fringe of cotton, very short. She was wearing two, so she gave one to me. She put around my wrist, and she took my hand, and she took me to the village. So that was my first contact with the Suruaha. We got to the house, that huge round house. Everyone lives together in one place, and there was so much joy, and they were all singing, so happy that we got there. They made us dance and dance and dance for hours, you know? <laughs> And we were so, I was like, my, my legs were so tired. They made us dance and dance. And finally, I told Suzuki, Suzuki, find my hammock. You have to find at least my hammock because I'm so tired. I just want to lay down. And so he, eventually he found it. Then we fall asleep and I was exhausted. Then we woke up. Yeah, that was the lady that helped me. Her name is Shubukwa. She became a very, very good friend, very dear, you know, woman. And so next morning we woke up, and now it's time to start the ministry. How was our ministry? What was our daily life there? Surviving. <laughs> you, you cannot take anything from the grocery store. Yeah, we could buy in the near near city was kind of a maybe uh, two or three weeks by boat. Yeah, but I couldn't care like carry in my backpack like uh, the supplies because I could carry only like maybe ten pounds in my backpack and very like at the end I was almost dying, and then there is no much place to take food, and then how do you survive? Here, okay, go, there's grocery store, yeah, there is, if, if you don't have money, you can go try to find something around, <laughs> yeah, and there, like, was not my place, I didn't know how to find things, I didn't know which fruit I could eat, or didn't, didn't know how to walk in the jungle, 
And then I need to learn everything from them. And then when I said, and then what happened? If if they don't get give food to us, what do we do? We will starve. And said, okay, God, we are here. We depend on you and them. And they were not Christians. They were not saying, oh, you missionaries, come here. We will give you everything. We will treat you well. But they're not mission. They, they didn't know who we are. Yeah, we were totally strangers. And then it's and then living there was a place that we, we really learned, okay, we need dependence of God. We know that He called us to be there. And then I I have no ability to survive there. <laughs> but he called me. He called her. She's the same. She was not a jungle girl. When I let me say something. When I first heard about her, because this missionary, if she goes to the jungle, I, think, I thought she was a jungle woman. <laughs> but when I get with her in the jungle, I said, no, definitely she's not a jungle woman. <laughs> and then was those both a couple that it's totally inadequate. inadequate. <laughs> you know? There. Trying to survive there. You need to depend on God. It's not my abilities. It's not my, what I can do, what I know. It's on Him. Yeah? Yeah, so learning how to, you know, day by day to trust God. It's not like here that you have breakfast, lunch, and dinner at least. Usually here in the U.S. you have five or six meals per day. <laughs> There it's going to be one or two or maybe no, none, because they don't have these fixed times, you know, and so they eat with when there is food. Okay, so some days there's no food. That's fine. They were fine with that. But we were so anxious, <laughs> you know, because I think, what's the breakfast? What's for lunch? What's for dinner? Because we were trained that way. So you need, you, we, we had to really learn how to rest and how to trust God. And if we were hungry, we just prayed. And he would provide something in beautiful, amazing ways. Okay? And also, not just food. Everything was new. Everything we had to learn. And, uh, you know, in order to... It, because sometimes we're so proud. I mean, we were proud of what we knew, what we have learned. And God put us in a place that we were nothing. We knew nothing. Okay, so the people, the first word I learned from them was Danuz, because I heard it all every time since the first day. Danuz, Danuz. Then I asked Suzuki, what is that, Suzuki? Danuz, and he goes, stupid. They're just calling you stupid all the time. <laughs> because they didn't know how to do anything. They could understand how a woman grows up and survives without knowing anything. You know, because they had, I mean, they had no contact with the outside world. They've never been in a city. They had never seen anything. So all they knew was their world. So they could understand why we were so incapable of everything. So that is it. So they had to teach us everything. And God put us in a position that we were less than the kids. We were less than the orphans. We were less than everything. And it takes... Uh, a lot of faith to learn to live in a place that you are nothing. 
that you are considered nothing. Every day God was ministering to our heart because we want to be recognized. We want to be valued. We want to feel important. That's how we are. We want to feel, know that we have some value. And for them, we had no value. They had no idea what we were doing there. There was no way to explain. So they just thought maybe we were some poor, homeless people, and they adopted us, and they took care of us, you know? And they did for years, just, you know, yeah. So for years, we were just trying to learn how to survive. Every day, trying to find food. And sometimes, we would go to the plantation, one hour walking, and then I had to work to get the money off from the ground. Very difficult for me. Then carry it back in my, my back, you know, very heavy. And then Suzuki would go out for firewood, and then we finally have a fire, and I finally have, you know, a little bit of mandioc to eat. And then when I look around, there's three, four, seven kids that were so hungry, just waiting to eat my mandioc, you know. <laughs> and my heart was, no, this is my mandioc. That's all I, all day I was fighting for this little meal. And now all these kids here, why don't they give them food? But they came to us. So many times we cooked, and then we had to feed all these orphans, and there was just a little bit for us. So every day we are learning to trust God, to obey him, and know that he called us to that place. And even though for years we didn't see any fruit, and they didn't see any point in us being there, but God knew, and God was preparing the way, and God was doing something, and they were observing us every day. Actually, we were the only attraction <laughs> in the village. It's like that TV. They were watching, watching us all the time in, in the evenings when, you know, everyone came back from hunting. From, they would just, they just sit around the fire and they, uh, they talk. So they would come around us. So they had an opportunity to at least talk. After years, we have learned the language. We have learned the culture. So it was time to start preaching the gospel. But how to, do you preach? to a group like that. They thought that we didn't know anything. How would you know about spiritual things? You know, so we had basically in their eyes no authority to teach them anything. So how would you share the gospel? So we had to start in a way that they could see the power of God. It wasn't in the mind. It wasn't trying to convince them. Had, they had to see the power of God so they would believe. So that's when they start looking at Suzuki and thinking, I think he has some spiritual power. I think he has something. Yeah, I, I was not a good hunter, but at least I could shout and then I could sing loud. And then they said, okay, uh, that, yeah, you guys from worship team here, it will be amazing. Because for them, like the, the shaman is the one that sings very well and very loud. And then that's the, they said, oh, you are shaman. I said, no, I'm not. <laughs> I said, yes. It's the same thing people in Brazil say, oh, you're Japanese. I say, no, I'm not. He said, no, of course you are. Look to you. It's the same there. They said, you are shaman. I said, no, I'm not. But they, they, they are seeing something that only shamans have. And then that's why we start praying. And they were asking me to pray. 
Praise God. I said, I have a back pain. I can come here and pray. And then I was going there and praying. And then God was doing things because we believed. Here it's easier. I have a back pain. Oh, I have an aspirin. I have a oh, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Just go. We have the doctor. But there, there is no doctor. There is no medicine, no nothing. What do I do? I pray because I believe. I believe when I don't have medicine. <laughs> But I, I was praying, and God was doing things amazing. And then they were saying this. And then they were asking later, when, when, when you're doing your thing, because they teach me how the shaman does the thing. And then they said, because we just put our hand. That's the way I, I learned in my, 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 my church. You lay on the hands and pray in the name of Jesus. That's it. I said, I said, no, 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 that's not the way. That's not the way. And then they, they told me, the shaman did like this. He takes something from, the, from the, anything, garbage or piece of wood or seed or something, put in your hands. And then if the, it's here, the, the pack pain, I put this thing and I blow it from here. And then I go to the extremities and blow it and then throw away. And then, like, you catch the disease and throw away. And then I catch the disease, and in the name of Jesus, get out of here. That's what I was doing. And then when they were accused about, what do you say? What, what, why are you talking when you are doing this? And I said, oh, we talk to someone. And then we talk to Jesus, because I believe that he has the power to heal. And then that's how we introduce Jesus to them. Like the one, we were not like uh, Jesus that died in the cross and far away, Israel, something, but was what? It's someone that has power and that they will experience. Yeah? And then that's how we introduce Jesus. So after, you know, one or two years doing that, they would come to Suzuki. He would blow the diseases away so they would see the power. And then they were curious about who he was talking to when he was blowing. That's what all they knew about Jesus. And we were praying, God, give us the right opportunity. How, to, how do we really start? You know, we want to see something. So we, we want God to, to give us, give us a, like a green light to say, okay, you're ready, they're ready, you start sharing about Jesus. So what happened, this only happened after seven years of ministry, okay, after seven years, just, you know, living there, trusting God, many times we just want to give up and God will say, no, I'm doing something, you might not be seeing, but I'm doing something, so just stay there. And then one day, we both were wa walking in the, in the, you know, Evening, like maybe four, six, no, five, six o'clock, we were walking to the river to, for our, you know, ba to bathe in the river and come back. And that's the rush hour, because they also have a rush hour there. <laughs> it's be right before it gets dark, because they have to do everything before it gets dark. There is no electricity, there is nothing. So it was that moment that everyone was running. And then we were walking, and one man, one of the shamans, you see him there, he stopped us and he asked, have you ever seen Jesus? And then Suzuki was in a hurry. He kept going. And then I go, what? Have you seen Jesus? And I say, no, I haven't. Have you? And he says, yes, I saw Jesus. And I what? 
He said, I saw Jesus. Then I called Suzuki, Suzuki, come back, come here, come here. Asha is saying, that's him. This is the guy. So he was saying, I saw Jesus. And then he told us, he, you know, they have a lot of suicide in that tribe. The tribe is plagued by this love for death. They believe that you have to kill yourself. You have to commit suicide. That's the only honorable way to leave this world. And they believe that when someone takes this poison, they go to a place, a river there, the soul, the soul of that person will be there. And if I miss that person, I have to kill myself, so I go there and I meet that person. Such you know, terrible lies from the enemy, but they all believe that. So this man, Asha, his daughter, she was only 11 years old and she committed suicide. And he was so depressed and so sad. He wanted to kill himself. He was fighting for one year with that, you know, pressure to kill himself, but also to stay here to take care of the rest of the family. But then one day he just couldn't do it. There was so much pain and his heart was so heavy. He just wanted to see her. So he ran to the jungle. He was running there to get the poison in the place they grow it. And they have to take the poison, drink, and come back running to the village and die in the village with everyone around watching. It's terrible, you know. So he was running there to take the poison. And then suddenly he sees a man standing right in front of him. And his man looks at him and says, Asha, in imperfect Suruaha, he talked to him, don't follow your daughter. I want you to stay in this earth for a long time. And then when he hears that, all the pain, all the anger, all the bitterness, everything disappears from his heart. Then he came back and then he told us. And he, when he said, I saw Jesus, he told us what he said. And we were like, but how does he know it's Jesus? He's a shaman. You know, he say, sees all these spirits. Why is he saying that this one is Jesus? And then <clears throat> he said, I know a lot of spirits. This one is the one you talk about. He was different. And Suzuki asked, why? How was he different? And he said, his eyes were like fire. <laughs> And his voice was so powerful. It was sweet and powerful at the same time. And then we go, mm, that sounds like Jesus. <laughs> but then, hmm? it was Jesus. Of course it was Jesus, but we didn't know. So we kept asking. And then Suzuki asked him, but how did he look like? How do you guys think that he saw Jesus? Like the paintings we see from, you know, Europe. A white man with long hair and white robes. No. He saw Jesus and he said, wow, Jesus was just like us. He was strong. He was painted red. His hair was cut like this. He was wearing the same thing we wear. He was beautiful. He was strong. He was powerful. That's how he met Jesus. The first person met Jesus. And after seven years, so we started observing his life to see if it's Jesus, something's going to change. Because Jesus changes our lives, doesn't he? So, but what would you see? There's no church, so he couldn't stop, start going to church. There's no, uh, I mean, things, stop drinking, stop smoking. They don't do any of this, you know. <laughs> Change the way they dress? No. What would be the signs that, Jesus, that he really met Jesus? 
Okay. So yeah, we it's ten o'clock. So Zook's gonna share what happened to him, and then we are closing. What show? What shows? Things that we never imagined. Like, for example, one thing it was one uh, 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 we never told about this thing. But for them, if you are not related to someone, you don't have any any obligation to help that people. And then orphans and widows, if they are not like you're really like. You don't need to care. And may, generally, orphans and widows, is, there is no family for them. And they, they need to go by themselves. And that's the way they do things. And uh, one day, like, uh, there was a bunch of uh, teenagers. They were going to hunt. And they said, Suzuki, ask Jesus to give us a lot of uh, uh, wild pig today. And we can hunt them. I said, okay, yes, I will pray. Yeah. And I was excited. And then Asha was there said, no, Jesus will not give any of, you, any, any of those things for these people. He said, what? Why? He said, because he sees how we treat the orphans and the widows. And then he, it's very, very sad. And then if we ask something to him, he will just take turn. He will not answer. And I said, what changed in Nasha was not external things, was what? The way that they see things. And what's the real religion that says in the Bible? Take care of the orphans. And, and we were not preaching. We were not doing like Bible study with him. Now you're a Christian, you should treat well the orphans and widows. But something happened to his heart. This, the Holy Spirit was teaching him something. And then it was wonderful to see that. And then, like, uh, we, 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 we need to believe God. We need to trust him. And then in the Suruaha was a, a, a great lesson for us. It's not my job. It's his job. It's not my mission. It's his mission. I'm only what? Only a vessel. And vessel is nothing. Yeah, it's just a vessel. And then he does the thing. It's, it's not me. It's the Holy Spirit. And then we, we, we see so many things happening there. That really Holy Spirit teaching those people how to be Christian. They don't, like, it's an amazing thing that people go there and say, no, there is no Christians here. Why there is no Christian there? Because there is no church. There is nobody wearing clothes now because they become Christian or something. Because many of the other tribes, is that, that's what happened. When they become Christian, they build a church, and then now they need to wear proper dresses to go to church and everything. But the Suruaha not. They were just being the way that they are, but something inside really changed. That's the thing. And then, like, for us was a kind of a really, really kind of a, oh, that's, God, you do things. Praise, we praise you. Yeah. And then it's hard to believe. Sometimes we, we are so, like, uh, we believe in our, 
<laughs> in our way, in our strength, in our... Yeah, but it's not. Like, was not my knowledge of the Bible, my knowledge of everything that bring Asha to the faith. What was? Power of God. And then I cannot, this not belongs to me. Belongs to him. All my knowledge, linguistics and things, it's useful, of course. But it's not that thing that will bring the Suruha to know him. Yeah. Yes, thank you so much. Time goes fast. God bless you. And if you want to know more, there's much more to know, okay? Oh, so many miracles that God did there. So many beautiful things. And Yes, like, for example, there is no hospital there. Yeah, there is no hospital. How, how do you imagine the jungle? And then once she, she was walking, and then she was saying, oh, my goodness, I think some, something bite my feet. And then she was in pain. I said, oh my God, what do I do here now? If something happened there, look at me. I couldn't carry her. And I always tell her, if something happened, I will leave you here. I will not carry you. <laughs> because if I carry you, both will die. It's better one survive. Okay? <laughs> That's my wife. And then she was there. And then I said, what should I do? What should I do? And then I saw, and then there was two, two holes in her feet. I said, oh, my God, maybe a snake. And what should we do now? And then we prayed. And then I was desperate. Oh, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And he did it. Yeah. It's like, this is like, we, why? We learned. Yeah. I was telling Marcia, how do we know that the sun is coming back every day? Because we know and you experience. It's not different. If we know God, if we experience Him, it's not a kind of a <gasps> wow thing. It's normal. Yeah. And then I think Suraha, they experience so many things of this kind of things. It's normal for them. Miracle, it's normal for them. They're not, wow, like us. Because it's the way that they live. It's the way that they live life. And then we learn so much. Yeah. Thank you. Sorry. Thank you.